Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Jerry, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome, it is the uh, Eskridge Lexus post-game show with uh, Kerry Murdoch and Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo slaving away up in the press box in Lubbock because uh, we made his ass go cover this. Uh, although I think Eddie and I would have enjoyed being there tonight, the return of Ramondre Stevenson and uh, uh, also Ronnie Perkins and uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about it after the game. Let's go straight into some uh, uh, actualities, they call this, I believe, in the radio business, uh, Eddie. Uh, here is here is uh, Lincoln Riley uh, talking about, uh, his, and this is kind of long, but this is Eric Bailey and Ryan Aber uh, from the Tulsa World in the uh, Oklahoma, and just kind of getting the discussion going about these two guys finally playing in a game after all 10 months, Eddie, 10 months of this shit that we've been dealing with. They're back on the football field, and my God, they were worth it because they were good. Here's Lincoln Riley uh, after the game. The impact that Ronnie Perkins or Ramondre Stevenson had in returning to the field tonight? Yeah, they both had a big impact. I mean, they're two really, really good football players and uh, was was great to have them back. Uh, it certainly was. It was uh, – didn't, didn't have the ability to plan for it a whole lot, but it was certainly great to have them back. Just in, I think, you know, two quality players, but then just the emotional lift. Our our team's very aware of what, you know, those guys, you know, along with, along with Trajan have, have, have been through. And, uh, you know, to, to get, you know, those two back on the field tonight was, uh, like I said, quality of player was great, but just the emotional lift for our team was was pretty awesome. Thank you, Lincoln. Ryan Aber. Yeah, Lincoln, when did you find out that those two guys were going to be able to play? And, and just specifically about Ramondre seemed to add a, I don't know if toughness is the right word, but a different element. Uh, to the run game tonight, averaging, I think it was uh, well over seven yards a run until there at the very end. Um, we found out uh, that both of them would play uh, late yesterday after late yesterday evening, um, which was obviously, you know, was great to hear. So, now, yeah, I remember Mondre certainly had an impact. I mean, the, you know, all those guys had some nice plays, uh, but you know, adding a, a back of his caliber and and uh, you know, that can make break tackles and and has had you know some pretty good experience here with our guys was was huge and and uh, so kind of gave us a little bit more of a you know a kind of the full group that we've you know hoped to have and they all you know those guys all did a great job. And once again, welcome back to the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. A little bit of a different start to it this week. Uh, we should say Oklahoma wins it 62-28 to over uh, Texas Tech in Lubbock tonight. Uh, no Halloween surprises. Uh, the Sooners just came out. Uh, although, well, the Halloween surprise, I guess, was the opening drive by Texas Tech where they went down the field uh, very, very quickly. And it was 7 nothing early. But then the Sooners run off 42 straight points, largely part to their defense. Uh, and look... Ronnie Perkins, Eddie, Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson are the story tonight. But uh, really, Oklahoma's defense and the turnovers in the first half, three turnovers in the first half, two by Trey Norwood, that was something. Alex Grinch, uh, that was like a porno mag for Alex Grinch watching that game tonight. 
Yeah, it was it was probably one of the better efforts Oklahoma's put out there defensively, maybe since Alex Grinch arrived, uh, you know, a year ago. And I, I thought it was uh, borderline dominant at times. And I don't know if you could say that about an Oklahoma defense over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, especially not the defense that we've seen, you know, whether it be in the Iowa State game this year uh, or Kansas State. But, Kerry, I thought that, you know, more than anything – they, they took another step today, and they grew off of what they were able to do down in Fort Worth a week ago. Uh, you get Ronnie Perkins back tonight. I mean, my God, he was – he. I, I felt like he basically lived in the backfield a couple uh, – or the entire night. And I think you know, – I, I, I think I, you – maybe it was you or Josh. One of you had, had tweeted it out like, you could tell that Ronnie Perkins really missed playing football because <laughs> – <laughs> he was balls to the wall all night tonight. I mean, he was incredible. Just his energy, uh, the passion that he played with. Uh, I, I haven't seen... I mean, look, we know this defense plays really hard, uh, sure. and, and that's what has separated them. I really think if you talk... We talked to players last week, like the the intensity that they play with, the the aggressiveness, just how hard... I think maybe you or Josh said it, just how hard they play. Uh, they play hard... I think I was talking to Gabe Eichert about this, like... They play so much harder than all of their opponents, yet Ronnie Perkins gets out on the field tonight, and he looked like he was playing harder than everybody. Yeah, and I mean, just look at the first series, and you know, that's kind of the anomaly of the night, but at the same time, I mean, it was Ronnie Perkins on the first snap that he was in, chasing a guy down, you know, 25, 30 yards down the oh, field. Oh, the running back, so, yeah, their best, I mean, he had just, their running back had just come back from injury. He was, sure. I've seen him play this year, he's a fantastic running back. And Ronnie Perkins chased his ass down. That yeah, was amazing. It was, I mean, it was it was super super impressive. And Gary, I, you, you can't tell me too that the way that they played on the defensive line, the way that they were able to manhandle guys up front tonight, I think that that played a part in in some somehow some way of creating the turnovers, creating the chaos. And you know, it was just a very pleasant thing to watch. And I think that you know, obviously going back, they're gonna be pretty excited about the step that they took tonight. That was, uh, I can't remember the last time that I, I, I saw a defense and particularly a defensive line, uh, you know, who we has gotten plenty of attention here over the first, uh, or over the last couple of weeks. I, I mean, they were dominant at times tonight and Ronnie Perkins had a, had a hand in all of that. Well, and that is, you know, all of that being said, how this game played out, you, you can't ignore the magnitude. I mean, let's go back to before this game even started tonight. Like we had, we had a, an idea that Oklahoma was probably a better team than Texas tech, uh, just by teams that they had played in Texas tech was a team that, you know, it, it was kind of ripe for the picking, if you will. I mean, they were a team that Oklahoma was getting appeared to be getting better. I mean, TCU played a decent game today against uh, Baylor. Uh, they're not a terrible football team, yet Oklahoma went in there last week, played the most complete game of the season up to this point, or up to that point, and you get ready to start this game, and Texas has just beaten Oklahoma State in overtime. Oklahoma State has a loss now. Uh, where Texas has two losses and then Oklahoma trumps them uh, because they beat them, while Kansas State also got annihilated by West Virginia today with their backup quarterback, and it doesn't look like they're going to be able to hold on to a Big 12 spot the way things are going. So all of a sudden, Iowa State is sitting there. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas State are are now on the next rung, and Oklahoma essentially controls their own destiny. I mean, Kansas State still has to play OSU. They still have to play Texas. I, I mean, that team is going to lose three games. I, I, I can't see any other way around. So Oklahoma goes into this game tonight knowing that they very well control their own destiny. As long as Kansas State falls apart, which looks like they're going to do, Oklahoma really does control their own destiny, and they go out tonight and they put up a 62-28 to 28 pasting of Texas Tech while also getting back Ramondre Stevenson, who is a f***ing man. I mean, like, we have forgotten exactly what it looks like to see a man play football as a running back for Oklahoma. Because T.J. Pledger, good player, has done really great the last couple of weeks, but he is not Ramondre Stevenson. And Ronnie Perkins, no. I mean, Isaiah Thomas still had a game-changing turnover recovery, fumble recovery, but Isaiah Thomas makes them better immediately. And all of a sudden, as I keep saying, Oklahoma controls their own destiny. 
they control it, but they look even better after tonight's performance. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they it was as complete as you get. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny just how things can change over the course of a day. I mean, if you were doing like one of those power ranking things, I think Oklahoma would probably be the best team in the Big 12 as of today, the way that they played. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to I mean, Iowa State would probably be number one just because they won and they haven't lost since. Sure. But then Oklahoma has to be number two, I think, in, in anybody's Big 12 power rankings. Sure. And it, I mean, it's all Although there I will now. say, Oklahoma State, I mean, they were probably the better team today. They, no, they just were. did a lot of boneheaded things, and Spencer Sanders did not have a good game, and they turned the ball over, and they let Texas come back in that game. Like, Oklahoma State had every opportunity to to shut that game off and, and, and to not get upset like they did, but they didn't do it. And that was the best team they played to this point. So, well, they beat Iowa State, uh, who's, who, as we just said, is number one in the mythical power rankings. Yeah, but... but I- I mean, that was that was something to see Oklahoma State fall like they did today. Well, it's one of those things, and I think Oklahoma fans are pretty familiar with it. You turn the ball over four times, and uh, you allow a uh, big special teams error, and you're probably going to get beat. Most Nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, shit, ten times out of ten, you're probably going to get beat. And uh, it was just kind of amazing. I mean, I we were talking during that game, Kerry. You knew that Sam Ellinger was going to make a play in the last— in the, <sighs> He is— uh, Final I'm five sorry. I know he's a Longhorn, but I respect the hell out of that guy's late game heroics. I mean, yeah. he is he's a gotta, baller. He's got to figure out the other 55 minutes of the game. <laughs> He'd be a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean that's boy. I mean, I can see why Texas fans go nuts because I mean they've got players. I mean they finally started Bijan Robinson at running back today, which is getting us off topic, but. I mean, they're figuring out who their best players are, and they're relying on people. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Spencer Sanders, he needed to take a step today, and he only proved that he's not the guy. I mean, yeah. that's 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 going to be his label right now. No, I, I think that that's probably fair. I mean, and then you look in kind of on the other side of things. Are we talking about probably – is that Spencer Rattler's best game as an Oklahoma Sooner today? Yeah, on the road. I mean, I he was exceptional. I mean, I would pass. you know last week he had he had a lot of big shots that he hit, but he didn't really. It, it wasn't. I mean, they scored what on six straight drives or was it five after their initial three and out? Uh, I believe it was five, right? Well, they go forty two unanswered, so I guess yeah, forty two unanswered after going down seven nothing. So. Yeah, I mean he was he was really good and and I you know it wasn't because they hit the big shots. I mean they had the one to Marvin Mims. He had the one throw to Marvin Mims that he un- inexplicably dropped. I don't even know if I said that word right. Inexplicably. Anyway, uh I can't believe he dropped that pass. No one else yeah, I mean I'm you all of a sudden on the podcast. Uh, I can't say words. Uh you know, I mean that was the most shocking drop I mean Theo, I mean Spencer Rattler's had some terrible drops this year. Theo Weese's Perfect, you know, drop it in the bucket pass against Iowa State. Uh, that one was right up there today. Marvin Mims, like, hit off of his hip. Uh, yeah, where he was Rambo wide open. the first game of the year. Yeah, I mean, the Rambo won the first game of the year in the end zone. That was his best throw of that day. So, I mean, but, no, I will say this about his day today. Eddie, and I think you, you kind of, we kind of melded over this, you know, through group chat, but, like, he was on point. Like every time the ball left his hand today, you just thought, "Wow, that's a dime. That's a dime. Yeah. That's a dime." No, I mean, and you can't was, say that about TCU. No, no, you couldn't. And you know, I, I thought that it's it's just a kind of another. And even listening to him after the game a little bit, and I don't know, it might be reading a little too much into it, but just some of the things that Rattler said in the post game, I thought, you know. That's a guy that is starting to kind of feel it. The light's starting he's, to come on a little bit. feeling himself, yeah. Sure, for here sure. Is, and I, you know. Here is my question to Spencer Rattler. I'm glad you brought this up uh, because this was his best quote of the postgame right here. Hey, Spencer, um, just the way you guys are starting to kind of round into shape, I know there's more you guys want out there, but after starting 0-2, what, what's the mood you know, of this team just in terms of, you know, is this a team that's motivated to kind of go out there and, and, and get even better now that you're in the position that you're in? Which, I mean, you're you're pretty much right back in the Big 12 race. Most definitely. Um, our goal 
is to is to you know take a step every week. And I think these past three weeks we've taken steps every game. Um, you know what I what I said last night to the team was it's time for us to go out and embarrass somebody. Um, you know we we've been having these games where we're getting up and, and getting comfortable and. Tonight we didn't get comfortable and we kept running it up. So um, just being in an offense like that, it's fun. When the defense is playing well like that, the whole team's fun, great energy, uh, great game. All right, so that's Spencer Rattler. And we, you know, we were talking about before we played that, Eddie, uh, he's, he's, he's getting a shine on a little bit. I mean, he is he's feeling himself. And he said, I mean, I'm sure Mike Halk was sitting there going, uh, he said we want, it's time for us to go out and embarrass someone. Sure. Uh, which you want to hear. I mean, like, that's... It's a little bit of a Baker Mayfield It's a little Baker. Exactly what I thought. It's a little Baker. And I Oklahoma needs that. I mean, we want that from a quarterback again. Not just... Not like we as fans. Like, we as media want that as, quarter, as, as you know, followers of a quarterback again. Yeah, you, you, want a, you want a quarterback. You want a guy that's leading the program that is comfortable, or maybe even more than comfortable, of putting his nuts on the line. And I think that you saw that a little bit. I think that he's kind of taken some steps and, you know, at the time it, it almost seemed like it was a little bit of a, I, I don't know, maybe an overreaction carry just as far as like you walk out of the cotton bowl and it's like, wow, he played so well in those final, in those four overtimes. Hopefully that can be something that you look back on and he's able to build off of. And I mean, a couple weeks removed now, it's like, I, I do think that he took a step. I think that that kind of gave him a sense of confidence and being able to, uh, you know, lead this team in the direction that they want to go. And obviously, it helps. It goes hand-in-hand hand when you get better play up front. But um, it's all starting to come together, I think. And, you know, I think for Oklahoma fans, that is obviously exciting news. And it's good news considering they're now going into a month in which Lincoln Riley's never lost a game in the month of November as the head coach at Oklahoma. So, um, it, it's just it's very positive to walk out of that game. And, you know, I, I thought it was kind of funny. And I, I'd be lying if I said that it didn't cross my mind when Texas Tech drives down the field and the first series and you're like, oh shit, here they go. Yeah. Like this 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 is road this implosion. Is exactly, yeah. This is exactly what you wanted to stay away from and as far as the way the game started. And then you have the penalty on the first and twenty and oh, you're somehow able to kind of dig yourself out Which, of that. By hole. the way, I I did rewind it like there's no way in hell that Tyrese Robinson did anything on that play. I mean they <laughs> no. had to get the number wrong. I mean it had no. to But I mean the it was Creed Humphrey and Tyrese Robinson. He literally put his hands on someone, took them down and went to go find someone else and there was no penalty. Uh yeah. so I don't there's, know. I mean I, I Clearly completely agree. There's penalty. no way that there's no way that that was on Robinson. Yeah, I don't know who they ended up, who they tried to flag, but well, it, it'll be you know it'll be interesting tomorrow uh, when we put out the the pro football focus stuff and all that. But uh, but in terms of receivers, I mean, I, I did you get a lot of this on Twitter, like people panicking about where's Rambo because I I felt like on Sooner Scoop it was pretty much established like. Charleston Rambo's out. Oh, well, I mean, that was kind of the response on Sooner Scoop. Yeah, like, I, I completely agree. I think the only person that thought it was a big deal was Tim Brando. And <laughs> there's no idea. There was so glad to learn tonight. that Tim Brando's favorite Halloween candy is cotton co or cotton ca or, uh, candy corn, by the way. that I could have called that from a mile away, you boring bastard. It's the most perfect thing of all time. He said some of the oddest, strangest well, stuff. And you know what I was Spencer thinking? Spencer Tillman didn't seem to watch the TCU game a week ago. I don't think that they did. I don't think that they did because they kept insinuating that, oh, you let him back in the game. It was just a very strange thing. And I couldn't help but think every time Tim Brando said something, I can't help but think that he's one of those guys that, like, if he has an intern with him, it's probably a pretty attractive girl. And I bet he... I bet he's a big back rubber when you're just standing there. Like, Tim, don't touch me anymore. Here's professionally how I know how washed up Tim Brando is. And I don't know if you... I think after I say this, you'll realize how right I am. Is Tim Brando... He's figured out this business. Like, he doesn't belong in it anymore. But he has figured it out. And, I, and when I tell you this, you're going to understand... He had more enthusiasm for his live reads than he did for his play-by-play. <laughs> -play. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could 100% see that. He just, I, I don't know. I think he does a terrible job, but I don't want to kill the guy. He I has mean, learned was, how sure. to work the corporate overlords, is what I'm saying, for people that don't speak radio. Like, his, like, like I listen to his ad reads, and I'm like, I might buy that product. It sounds lovely coming out of his mouth. Yet, I watch him do a, a game, and I'm like, God, this guy's a dinosaur. I wish he was off my television. And you know what? I was fully, I was fully ready. Look, I understand. I, I love Toby. I love Gabe. I love Teddy, the crew. I was fully ready to commit to listening to them on the air. But it is impossible when they're ahead of the, the television broadcast and you have cable. It's yeah. just impossible. And I'm not, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not streaming shit and sending it to my TV through Bluetooth. Like, that's, I've already got to get on the message boards, all that. Like, I'm not jumping through all those hoops just so I can make sure that, that, the OU radio is is hooked up to my TV. I'm just not. Yeah, you want to be able, you want to be able to react in real time. It's just kind of difficult. Plus, I have it. to be able to rewind plays like that Tyrese Robinson thing to see, uh, it, and I like going back to see you know who caused a fumble, not just who recovered it, and things like that, which I can't do in the press box. So I love doing that at home. Sure, but I I got to tell you, I hate being at home watching games. I hate it. Does it does suck. It's weird. It sucks. Like, I, I don't know. I've always kind of been of the opinion, like, radio people don't need to be in the press box because they can just watch it on TV and talk about it. And I still kind of believe that. But there are there's a nuance to being in the press box of things that you get to see sure. that you don't like. When Deshaun White went out of the game, and then, he, you know, I actually saw on television before people started tweeting about it that he was back in the game because sometimes... It does help because there's just like a camera angle and you see 23 and you're like, oh, he's back in the game. But, you know, getting to see how people walk off the field and how the trainers are attending to them and what they're looking at when they're down on the field, like you can't replace that with television. No, you can't. No doubt about it. It's it's just weird. It's just a weird experience. <laughs> I hate it. Falling asleep on me? Am I putting you to sleep? No, I was just yawning. It's been a long day. It has been, uh, thanks to certain things that happened, and I had to be up early this morning to pay for that we won't go into. Um, anyway, so Lincoln Riley, here's something that we have to get to. Lincoln Riley was asked about, you know, Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson came back for this game. They were fantastic. Uh, it came late in the week, and as we told you on Sooner Scoop, Ronnie Perkins, they left for Lubbock not knowing for sure if he had passed his exit test, quotation marks, which is you know, his, his last drug test, uh, because he didn't do that so well uh, before the Texas game and before the Iowa State game. So uh, Lincoln Riley finally, after all this, all this drama, he got to announce to the team that af after 10 months, Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson, who, mind you, have been practicing with the team the entire time, as if they were, you know, right there, but, you know, they'd have to sit out in, you know, certain depth chart situations and, you know, scout team and Ronnie Perkins would run scout team and Ron Ramondre Stevenson would run scout team. Like, so they've been through the ringer on this deal, but Lincoln Riley sure. was asked, like, when did you know? What was it like announcing to the team? And here was his response. Lincoln, you, you mentioned the emotions of the, you mentioned the emotions of those guys coming back. Uh, what was the reaction from, from them and from the team when you told them that those two guys would be playing? Um, yeah, we told them in the team meeting last night. Literally, we had only known for about 30 minutes, uh, kind of our Friday night team meeting. We, we told them the team erupted. I mean, I thought they were going to tear the room in half, honestly. Uh, it was... Uh, They've witnessed it, you know, firsthand, and uh, so it was a, uh, it was very, very emotional. Not just those guys, really, the entire team. The team, he thought that they were going to rip the room in half because there was so much emotion and joy in knowing that those guys would be back with the team. And Lincoln Riley has talked about this so much. I mean, how frustrated he is with the NCAA, how frustrated he is with. Uh, just drug testing for marijuana uh, and, and something that is literally almost stolen a year from these guys' lives. 
and turn them into the subject of ridicule and scorn. Uh, but Eddie, for these guys to come back and, and against Texas Tech and to play they with the way that they did tonight, I I mean, it's easy to see why that's going to be plastered all over the front page tomorrow. No doubt, and you know, I, I it's a great story for them to even stick with it and be able to kind of come together and I guess rally around them and uh, perform the, the way that they did. I don't think that it was a coincidence that. Uh, the way that they played tonight with, uh, you know, a certain level of whatever you want to call it, passion or uh, pride, whatever. I mean, it had to have been uplifting to know that those guys were going back out there and kind of having known what they'd been through. Uh, obviously, the te- their teammates have uh, been around it. They know what kind of has been up and uh, it had to be a nice little celebration. They have to feel good about this performance, too, because this was the first time in a, in a while, Kerry, that I... I I mean, when was the last time that Oklahoma just dominated a football game like that? I, I try. I look. I went back the last four or five years, and I can't really find a game that they just they absolutely dominated on both sides of the football for an extended period of the time. It wasn't just a couple series here and there. It was just a full on ass whooping in the first half. Well, does that make us talk about Oklahoma's defense? And yes how they're playing at a completely different level. Like, people were ripping the shit out of Alex Grinch after that first series, uh, and people have been very critical of him this year because of the Kansas State game, and I understand why. Sure. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, the Iowa State game, which, you know, they didn't give up huge chunk plays like they did against Kansas. And let's face it, Kansas State is a terrible, terrible, terrible loss. But they did yeah, have no, Skylar no. Thompson as their quarterback. You know, then sure. they don't now. Will Howard's their quarterback. Uh, is he a redshirt freshman or freshman? I can't even remember. I believe he's a true freshman. He's 19 years old. Okay, so he's the Overland. No, he's not the Overland Park kid. That's the 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 Wisconsin kid. Um, yeah, Will Howard's actually from. Uh, I believe he's from up in the Philadelphia area because they were talking about that. Yeah, on Pennsylvania. The I remember that Pennsylvania. Um, so yeah, I mean he he's. Been interception prone here the last couple of games. It hasn't been going well, but I mean, that Kansas State game was a horrible, horrible loss. You you can't get past that. Um, and Alex Grinch deserves a lot of criticism for that. But what's happened the last two games, TCU and and Texas Tech, I think you have to directly say Alex Grinch has this defense playing at a level that hasn't been playing in Big Twelve play for. Years and years and years. Other than, I guess you have to go back to that Kansas State game, that fifty-five nothing win, as the last sure. time this defense has been this dominant. And wasn't that when they were still being held hostage by a uh, geriatric up in Manhattan? So, I mean, it just—they <laughs> are—they're playing very solid football. It's exciting to watch. It's exciting to see them kind of grow. You see guys like a Marcus Stripling making a play tonight. You see, you know, obviously the defensive line is. Uh, becoming stronger and stronger, and you know, I, defensive line is just so good. I mean, they're so fucking good. They're, I mean, who's, it's who's unbelievable. That? The defensive line. Yeah, the, they are. Calvin Thibodeau has done an unbelievable job with that group, and you and know, they did not have uh, Leron Stokes tonight. Like, and it, they didn't miss a beat. And Perry and Winfrey yeah. stepped up tonight, and uh, Jordan Kelly played a lot toward the end, but uh, Corey Robinson played a lot. But I mean, they just. And I know they had Ronnie Perkins back, but my God, they just, Marcus Stripling got in there. He's with the starters tonight. Like, they just played their asses off tonight. I think uh, old Perry on Winfrey is going to really like playing alongside Ronnie Perkins here over the next uh, <laughs> what, five games, six they games. They are ridiculous. Yeah, that's a ridiculous pairing. Perrion was getting double teamed at some points and you know, you can't, you just can't do that with, with Ronnie on the field. So he, that should open a lot of things up for him. And, you know, I, I guess we also need to say too, that without Dylan Turner, yell trade, trade Norwood steps into a nice role today. He gets the two interceptions, obviously on the tip plays. Woody Washington should have had one that was negated by a, a Nick Benito offsides call, but I thought they played pretty well. Like Trey, Trey Brown made some plays today. You you look back in like the secondary wise, outside of that first series, yeah. I mean, he was fine because because their names were never called much. They had to have played well, right? Yeah, I mean, look, the secondary was good. Trey Norwood was fantastic. I mean, he was. I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like 
the one yes, bad he was play a... Trey Norwood had was a missed tackle out in the out in the flats on a play that ended up going for like nine or twelve yards. But outside of that, like that's the one play that that comes to my mind. Outside of that, I can't think of another play that he didn't he didn't play well. And they they tackled well today too. Well, and just looking at the defensive stats in terms of you know who played really well, Trey Brown led the team in tackles tonight. I mean, uh. I, I don't think this matters because he really played in garbage time. Justin Broyles had four tackles, which was third best. But, you know, I mean, it really was kind of one of those nights where no one had to play, you know, outstanding because everybody just played well across the board. I mean, whether it's... I, I, and was that not kind of the, the common theme? If you go through any of the players' tweets uh, post-game, uh, Lincoln Riley said it, Alex Grinch said it, anybody that said it on the Zoom call... Uh, probably kind of summed it up best. That was about as complete of a team, all 11-man team effort that Oklahoma's put out on the field in quite some time. That was a very satisfying, even I was texting with a couple buddies uh, during the game, and it's like, kind of forgot what this was like, like sitting around in the fourth quarter, kind of putting <laughs> your feet up. Like, I know they won by 19 last week, but at the same time, it's like... You know what was enjoyable about the game tonight is that we got to listen to Bob bitch about being in the press box and wanting the game to be over so he could get <laughs> done and and get out of there. Yeah. Because that's it's normally like, us. It's like, God damn it. Like, sure. this second half, it better go fast because this game it is was, over with and I just want to write my stories and get out of here and go to bed. It was nuts. I looked up at one point. I think the second half started at 9.23. And I was like, what? How in the hell? Like, I, I, I flipped over at halftime of the uh, OU game, and Ohio State and Penn State were entering the fourth quarter. OU started a, an hour later, and the halftime wasn't – it had just begun, basically. But that's what happens when you review every goddamn play. Oh, my God. I know. The Big 12 – Either they're throwing too many flags or they're just reviewing everything. I think I think it's I both. mean the Jeremiah Hall thing should never have been missed. It was a touchdown no, I, clear as day. I tweeted it at the time, but Jeremiah Hall consistently does something each week that I'm like, I didn't know that Jeremiah Hall could do something like that. By the, the way, uh, I mean okay, star I mean, I'll throw this out there. Well, let's do this real quick before I do this. Uh, let's go to the, uh, let's go to the Eskridge Lexus player of the game. Hey, Spencer, um, that's not just it. The way you that's me talking to Spencer Rattler. This is what I'm trying to go. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. The Eskridge Lexus player of the game. Uh, we want to thank uh, Eskridge Lexus, uh, Ed Eskridge, uh, all the good folks over there. Uh, they were uh, kind enough to send our own Bob Prisbillo uh, down to uh, Lubbock today with uh, his own uh, own car. And uh, he was driving a 2021 Lexus NX300. Uh, and they want you to know, EskridgeLexus.com, with the Sooner Scoop special price. Now, Eddie, you know this as well as I do. You're not driving your car very much right now. You drive it to work and back, and that's about it, right? Yeah, basically. And you're out walking, and you're you live downtown Oklahoma City, uh, but like I live in Norman, it's a driving town. I never drive my car anywhere right now, uh, but when I do, it's a Lexus, and I love being in it. And maybe I have to go down to Dallas every once in a while to see the fam. Uh, I don't put a lot of miles on my cars. That's why a lease is perfect right now during the pandemic. You go to the grocery store. Uh, you go, you know, maybe a drive here and there. You just go to get out of your house every once in a while, but not putting a ton of miles on your car. And so right now, uh, Lexus has in the new 2021 models. The uh, Lexus NX300 is a great little car. Uh, it's not the RX. It's the NX. It's a smaller SUV. And with the Sooner Scoop special price right now, you can lease a 2021 NX300 for $399 per month. That's like so much lower then my car payment, when I bought my first Lexus, it was like almost 500 a month. Uh, so you can lease a Lexus, a great Lexus, the one that Bob drove today. It's an SUV that gets 28 miles per the gallon on the highway. Uh, they all come standard with Apple CarPlay, dynamic radar cruise control. That's what keeps you in your lane if you 
Matt be reading text messages like I might do from time to time. Uh, and lane departure alert, which that's important too. Uh, but the dynamic cruise control, it's great. Like if you're just kind of sitting there, just vegging out, and you come up on someone, it slows you down uh, and lets you know all of a sudden, hey, I need to get around this ass. Uh, so, I mean, they're great cars. We've been driving them uh, for the last three years. And they just keep getting better and better. But yeah, uh, EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, go check out. Uh, go check them out. Four zero five seven five five nine thousand, or go visit them at www.EskridgeLexus.com and get that scoop uh, special price on the twenty twenty one NX three hundred for just three ninety nine per month. So uh, the Eskridge Lexus player of the game. It's kind of difficult. Um, like you said, Spencer Rattler. Probably threw the ball with better command than he has in any game as a Sooner. Yet you had Ramondre Stevenson coming back, leading the team in rushing. Uh, Ronnie Perkins was a factor on the defensive side. I'll tell you what. I'm going to I'm gonna throw my first guy out there, Eddie, okay. if you don't mind. I'm going to go with Theo Weiss. Ooh. He had a career night. Five catches, 105 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, but he... You know, Marvin Mims was okay. He was four catches, 60 yards. But Theo East for me tonight, was the security blanket, more so than Austin Stogner was. Early, you know, he got hit on that 41-yarder that really got things going for the offense. But time in, time in and time out, I thought Theo East was the security blanket for Spencer Rattler. And you know I love seeing that because I'm a big Theo East fan. I think he should be a, a bigger and bigger part of the offense. So he's going to get my player of the game nomination. for. I think that's a good pick. And shout out to Josh, because I think he put in the game predicts that uh, Theo Weiss would go over 100 for the first time. Nice. uh, This this season. So that was a a very good call. And you're right, Kerry. You you see that chemistry developing between Spencer and Theo. It just seems like they're getting to the point now where they just kind of know, like Rattler knows where Theo's going to be on the field at all times. And that has to be exciting here. That that forty one yarder or uh, the forty eight yarder was like a perfect, yep. kind of like a love uh, note to his route running ability because it was sure. that little kind of uh, it was that little out that was kind kind of like a a hook, uh, and then he just turned it upfield and the defender he just kind of whiffed on him and I mean that was kind of a perfect. Now he did he he didn't he wasn't able to outrun. Uh, the tech team, which was kind of a little negative, uh, but just the catch and the 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 juke and the down the sideline that was a that was one of the most impressive plays of the night. Yeah, he was really good. He he was solid, and I you're only going. He's kind of like a lot of these guys uh, on this team right now, and I I think that's kind of one of the other like message board themes of the night is when you see all these guys that are making plays right now, and you realize how relatively young they are within the program. It's pretty exciting. They could hear the, over the next couple of years and we don't want to get our head of ourselves, but like over the next couple of years, it start, it looks like this thing's starting to come together. And you know, it, it it's just kind of amazing, Gary, the way that, uh, that changes overnight, if you will, as far as like, you know, a month ago we were wondering, is this team going to be one and three after a cotton bowl visit? So, yeah, uh, it yeah. was it was it was very impressive to see Theo Weiss and the way that he was going to play, the way he played tonight. I is it is it too big of a cop out to say Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson have to be somewhere <laughs> mentioned in there? Like I just think like even the presence and Riley kind of hinted at it. We played the audio of them telling the team and and their reaction. It had to have been somewhat of an uplifting experience to finally be able to breathe and say, okay, we got two of these guys back. Things are starting to look up. And then, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, knowing that, you know, how things unfolded today in Big 12 country, you're right back in this thing. Yeah. You you have an opportunity to still kind of make make this a season, uh, you know, I, I guess worth remembering it or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, sure, they're not going to win a national championship this year. They're not going to get into a college football playoff. But, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that will feel really good if they can get this thing righted and uh, get back to a Big 12 championship. And who knows what the what the bull scenario would look like at the end. Think about this, Eddie. Um, Oklahoma, they beat Texas Tech with Ronnie Perkins. They'll play Kansas next week. They'll have an off week. And they'll play Oklahoma State. Can you imagine 
Spencer Sanders sitting there breaking down game film over this game and the next game with Kansas. I mean, I think he probably there remembers saying, what Joseph Osai did today to yeah. uh, the Oklahoma State offensive line. You think uh, saying to himself, "Oh shit!" Now they've got Ronnie Perkins. Sure, sure. I mean, I. I oh, and there's wait, that Perry on Winfrey guy. When was the last time OU played this well defensively? Seriously, back to back weeks. I I can't put my finger on when, uh, and I'd even say against worthwhile opponents. I mean, not we're not talking about like a. A Kansas and you know and I mean they were where, they were really where good. The fuck did that come from today? They were really good against in, in 2011. I mean when they were number one in the country. I mean that that was a Tony decade Jefferson. Ago. That was almost a decade ago. Yeah, but I'm just saying Javon Harris. No, I know, I know, but that's I think that kind of emphasizes the steps that they have made. Yeah. And well, I you it, asked I the question. I'm just answering it for you. I mean. Oh, yeah. You have to sure. hold me out here. I mean, it's just 2011 is the last time they had a really good defense. It's crazy. It's crazy considering how, you know, it, it, it's just kind of crazy to think about that. And then you consider how elite they have been at times and how good they have been in the places that they've gone. And to do it without really, a you know, a defense to ride home about, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's kind of exciting to see this thing kind of coming together. And I... You, I have to think like on that plane ride back today or tonight, Alex Grinch is going to sit there and I, they should let him have a beer on the plane. He has to be excited about the way that this thing is kind of going right now. Just don't let him be like Mark Stoops where he's drinking bourbon. That's yeah, a little that, over the line. That hurts my chest just thinking about it. All right, so uh, I tell you what, Eddie, let's go over the, over the uh, overall stats for the Sooners tonight. Uh, 559 yards total offense. Uh, to text 400. I don't know what that's going to do to OU's defensive ranking. Uh, probably, you know, maybe knock him down a notch or two. Uh, it's certainly not going to help him. But, uh, you know, overall, Spencer Rattler, 21 to 30, 288 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't write down when he got, he gave way to Mordecai, but it was fairly early in the third quarter for a Lincoln Riley team. I uh, want to say it was right after the uh, the first series of the third quarter when they went down and scored to go up fifty two to okay yeah that's uh, probably right uh, and then uh, I mean Ramondre Stevenson we talked about I mean just fantastic he was a man child uh, just look I am totally a TJ Pledger fan but there's no comparison when you compare those two as runners I mean Ramondre Stevenson runs through people like he literally made. Uh, who was the number eight guy, the defensive guy for them tonight uh, that was making all the plays early? And get, they got the face mask on Mims, and they got another face mask that wasn't called on Mims. Uh, like uh, uh, the McPherson. McPherson, that, yeah. Or, exactly McPherson. It was Mc, Mc something. Uh, but it, like it was McPherson. I just forget. Well, it's funny. Is like you know he looked like a dominant physical figure in that game, and then Ramondre Stevenson came in the game, and he made him look small. And Ramondre Stevenson's a running back. I mean, like, it's just, he is a man. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, how well, much bigger and more powerful and stronger he is than everybody else on the field. It, it, it's kind of a stupid comment, but, like, I kind of, in a way, kind of forgotten how good Ramondre Stevenson was until I went back this morning. I put together a little video of him and Perkins that I put up on the board, some highlights from a year ago, and, like, there were some runs that I completely just forgot about. I mean, it's... Reggie Bush, didn't he kind of give a little bit of a Lindell White comparison yes. to him yes. at halftime? That's a that's not a bad comparison. Like no. I I it's really exciting watching Ramondre Stevenson run. He deserved getting hundred yards tonight, and he ends up with uh what was it, 13 carries, 87 yards, three touchdowns, average six point seven a carry. At one point he had scored three touchdowns on seven carries. And it was it the second carry the second touchdown that he made the spin move, uh OU is getting stopped in the first couple games because they're not able to punch it in. That was oh yeah, it was unbelievable. You know he, I mean? he on the goal line was instant. I mean he was he was instant touchdown every time you handled the ball. It was, I think it was I think his first two were two yard plunges, um, but yeah, I mean he was he, he's if you're having if you're having red zone issues or goal line issues, he is an immediate fixer. I mean it's like. 
I think one of the songs I'm listening to on my workout playlist is The Fixer by uh, Pearl Jam right now. I'm going to think of him now every time I listen to that. Um, and I'll what say this. That? I'll say this. Uh, I think my pissing off Lincoln Riley during the TCU postgame worked because there was no, there, there were, I, I don't remember any Spencer Rattler zone reads that went bad tonight. <laughs> no, I'm going to take, they, they I'll did, take full credit for that. I'll take full credit for bringing up the pissing off of Lincoln Riley about zone reads last week with Spencer Rattler. You know, I, I thought Seth McGowan ran the ball pretty well tonight. Late, he did. He was still early when he was early in the game. He thought it was still, you know, juke time, but he yeah. he really did settle into north south by the end of the game and there was still a little bit of that i don't think he'll ever get that out of him completely but what was that the 14 yard touchdown run he had it was fantastic yeah that looked really good and that was a really nice block i put up on the board as well by uh, chris murray on the backside on that play you have two freshmen on the left side of the line too and anton harrison and by the way i'm sorry I, I forgot to mention this earlier i was going to do it right after we did players of the week um Michael Henderson could play, man. Or Mikey Henderson. Mikey Henderson, yeah. He's I fing good. Dude. I, I can hear Josh just yelling yes, yes, yes in the background. Like I he is I you know, I, I think everybody's kind of said it, but he could end up being in a very, very talented H back room. He could end up being maybe one of the better ones that they've had in uh in Norman during the Riley era. He is you you can just tell that he has that thing that is going to make him a very, very good football player. I think he's a mini Ramondre right now. He runs Mike. hard. If he could put on some weight, he could be... like. And I know like everybody watches Ramondre Stevenson and he had the Lindell White thing, but I still look at him and I see a bigger Damian Williams. That's who he, I still think Ramondre Stevenson is. I like that. He, he is an NFL running back. He the is, gonna, absolutely. He, he, will, he will make money on Sundays playing in the NFL. He absolutely will. I believe that wholeheartedly. No doubt. Oh, I, Kerry, I think he'll get drafted. I, I, mean, it, I don't that's disagree. That's stupid, is it? No. I, I, no. I, I, I wouldn't think it is. Uh, Theo Weiss, as we said, was the uh, leading receiver for the Sooners tonight. Five catches, 105 yards, no touchdowns. He did have a uh, long of 40. He was targeted six times, and he caught five. Uh, Marvin Mims... Yeah, I mean, he had a great night tonight. I mean, uh, he just dropped the one pass that kind of takes some of the shine off a little bit, but four yeah. catches, 60 yards. And I will say this, like Austin Stogner, early security blanket, that uh, I think it was a 41-yarder early uh, that uh, that basically Spencer Rattler made out of nothing. It was a broken play. Uh, but he kind of disappeared as the game went along, and I don't know if that was more playing more Jeremiah Hall and more Mikey Henderson uh, but you know the touchdown catch he had was fantastic. I don't know why that was another one. I don't know why they reviewed that. That was ridiculous. Uh, I, there was no drop or no. I mean, like he secured that thing about as about as securely as you could. So, not sure why that was. I would love to hear like the audio when they go to the review. Like at some point they have like, to. Like, why are we looking at this? Be like, you don't need to look at this. Get get back out there. <laughs> Everybody, I agree. anybody that was watching the game would realize that they don't need to review some of the stuff that they do. But then again, I guess, I don't know. It just, it bothers me. I don't know why they do that. You know, what, you know what? I, I didn't know. know until just now. And I don't know. Maybe I just had checked out. But I didn't know Alan Bowman played in the game tonight. I didn't realize that either until I was looking <laughs> at the play-by-play at the very end. Uh, you know what's crazy is like, being since we aren't traveling and since we're you know sitting at home and watching all these games, something that we normally don't get to do, I just feel like some shit that happens during the games of Big Twelve games just doesn't happen in any other of the conferences that I watch. Like the the pass interference stuff today in Stillwater was so ridiculous. the The reviews are ridiculous. I just don't feel like that happens in any other conference. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I feel like it's there's over officiating. It's the, uh, oh, what's his name from the Bills, the old coach? Marv uh, Levy. Yeah. You over-officious jerk. I just feel like that, I I hope Lincoln Riley yells that. Like, Lincoln, if you're listening, or if anyone is listening that works with Lincoln, please, please tell him to to start using the phrase over-officious jerk. 
Uh, and I mean the the I don't understand the Matt Wells fifteen yard penalty early. I never saw they never showed on television exactly how much he was getting after the refs. But that, that was, was a weird, weird early penalty. That that like that was so that, Big Twelve. That head referee looks like somebody that would definitely call the cops on a party. <laughs> yeah, I don't like his glasses. I don't care how much you lift, dude. Like you just I, you just seem I, like you have small man syndrome. I might take that guy over uh oh, that guy's definitely getting in somebody's face for something just completely ridiculous out of the on for messing up his Wendy's like a, order or something. Like a Tuesday night. Why don't you have the pepperoni rollers in? Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> just a weirdo. Just a strange person. But yeah, it was uh I don't know. It, it was kind of crazy. So yeah, Kansas coming up next week. Woohoo! Um at least it's at home. I guess that's I mean, like, my God, a home game finally for Oklahoma. It it feels it literally feels like they haven't played a home game in I, I mean, what's the number? I forgot be? that they played Kansas game. State at home. It's like I've only been to one home game, the Southwest Missouri or whatever the hell that game was. Like I've only been to one home game because of COVID. So I didn't go to the Kansas State game. I forgot they even played that game at home. Yeah, it it it's it's gonna be weird getting back into the uh, back into the mode of uh, shooting a game. Yeah, you'll be you have a camera. Live. Kind of excited, even even if it is Kansas. What what do you think that number is gonna open up at on Sunday? Oh, you favored by 30, 29, 30 oh, points. Oh man, after this week. By yeah. the way, um, oh, you should get back into the AP poll. I would think this week too. Did you uh, did you partake in any West Virginia Kansas State action this weekend? Did you like feel any? It? Did you feel any certain way? Because that line was just. I mean, before that game started, that line was bizarre. No, I I I don't know. I kind of felt like. Will Howard was going to play like a freshman, and he did. I didn't expect it to be the blowout that it was. Kansas State's in trouble. We'll see what they. Uh, we'll see how they bounce back. They got a big one. Both teams got a big one next week. Oklahoma State and Kansas State up in Manhattan. That should be a pretty fun yeah. game. I mean, God, there's no way Oklahoma State doesn't win that game, right? I mean, you wouldn't think. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't think so. You would think that they would go up there and take care of business. Do we have they were, lines I mean, they, out they, yet? They, they outgained Texas by like 250 yards today. I guess we won't have they lines had, till tomorrow night. They had, really. the, they had their Kansas State game today. No, I mean, they, look, they... Yeah, I mean, they... Oklahoma you State... The, you can't turn the ball over. You can't give up special teams plays. Uh, it just, it, it, the game of football doesn't work out like that. It doesn't allow you to make those mistakes yeah. and still win the football game. Well, that was the thing about Spencer Rattler. I mean, it's like, he's going to come back. He's going to be the quarterback, but is he going to be the quarterback last year or is he going to grow? And so far he's kind of like the quarterback he was last year. You mean, Oh, Spencer Sanders, Spencer Sanders. What did I say? Yeah, Rattler. Yeah. Yeah. I do that every time. I do that every morning. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I know. I do it, it's, I don't know, man. I I just don't get it. The turnover situation. I just don't. I truly don't understand. Like the, the the pick that he threw was terrible. The two fumbles. I you just can't you can't lose the ball like that. You just can't do that at that level. I'm kind of jealous that you get ESPN updates before I do. It's fantasy. Oh, okay. Fantasy updater. Why aren't you doing Yahoo Fantasy since they pay our paychecks? Uh, I don't know. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I have no idea. All right. Well, what we do know, Oklahoma, they're a pretty decent football team. They've gotten that way. They didn't start out that way, but after tonight, 62-28 over Texas Tech, they look pretty decent. Lincoln Riley should be happy. Uh, There's no reason for him not to be. I'm trying to think if there's uh, anything I didn't play. Uh, Well, I will say this. We've kind of talked about it, you know, hinted about it. I did ask Lincoln Riley kind of just about being back in the Big 12 race tonight, uh, and here's how that went. Plan, but you look at things now, the way things transpired today, you don't control your own destiny, but you're closer than you've ever been before. 
what does it mean for this team now to be playing the way that you are and and now to be in a in a very positive position finishing out this season? Um, it's just one game at a time right now. I mean, we're 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 getting better as a team. I mean, again, like you know, it's like it's like when you guys have asked about playoffs in the previous years. I mean, I I don't really care where we stand in the Big Twelve. I don't care where we stand anything in in playoffs, anything like that. We're just trying to get better. And, and if you do that, things work out the way they're supposed to. And so we're we're getting better as a team. I'm most excited about that, the improvements we've made. I mean, you can, I think, really mark several games in a row right now where there's been very, very clear steps taken in a positive direction. And I still don't feel like we're, we're, we're at our best. I mean, I, there's still so much to continue to improve on, which is exciting, and that's what's driven this team. And so key for us is we've got to have the same hunger and fight we did after a couple of those early setbacks that, that, that got us playing the way we are you know, have, uh, as of late. We got to keep that and, and keep just, just stay on our climb, man. We just got to continue to grind and stay on our climb. Yeah, we're not paying any attention to the Big 12 race. I mean, we're not going to use that through social media and talk about you know, how many times we've won it or anything. Like, that's not, that's not what we're about. They would never do that down in Norman, would they? <laughs> I mean, it, look, it's, it's, total, it's total coach speak. I mean, you, you, I mean, you do have to get better, and that's what you have to focus on. And I think fans should be glad that that's what Lincoln Riley says. But it's a huge boost to this team, Eddie, that that Texas beat Oklahoma State today, that Kansas State lost. I mean, it puts them in position now. If they take care of their own business, beat Kansas, beat Oklahoma State, like three weeks from now, I mean, if Oklahoma State beats Kansas State, I mean, they they still have to play Texas. Like Oklahoma, three weeks from now, they could be in the driver's seat for the Big 12. Kansas State's uh, remaining games. Oklahoma State next weekend, obviously. At Iowa State. Yeah. Kansas State, uh, Baylor, and then Texas is their uh, final game. And you know what I was thinking, too, when uh, you, were, you were talking about that is, I think we should start an official rumor that the Big 12 wants to keep Oklahoma State out of the Big 12 championship game. Uh, so the game is played on December. Yeah, because they have to play Baylor to on the. It. Yeah, they have to play Baylor that day. We should start that rumor. I'm down for it. Let's do it. They don't want. They don't want the Big Twelve to be played in a baseball stadium. We. W- I'll tell you this. They're going to keep Oklahoma State out of it. I'll tell you this. We won't have to start it because it will start in Stillwater yeah, by Mike that's, Gundy. That's probably true too. <laughs> It went from feeling like 45 to feeling like 2013 real quick up there. Yeah. Uh, it's I, Mike Gundy's uh, press conference on Monday should be pretty interesting. I don't usually t- tune in. I probably will make a point of it on Monday. Get that Zoom link? Uh, yeah, I might do that. I might try to. All right. Uh, Eddie, anything else you want to add? Uh, anything that stood out no. to you tonight that you want to hit on that we haven't hit on? No, I don't think so. I, it, overall, it's just a very successful night for Oklahoma. I think that it was, you know, obviously the best game that they played all season. Uh, you know, there's reasons to be excited for the next month or so of college football. And I guess in kind of a sad, damper way, it's like it, 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 it's kind of depressing that we're almost halfway through this thing. It, it certainly doesn't feel like it. And uh, it's going to kind of be interesting to see if Oklahoma can put it together and uh, you know, really get back into this thing. So it, it should be fun. It, overall, though, very, very impressive performance tonight for uh, Lincoln Riley's football team. The final question for you. If we did a... Uh, the the two have been freed. We're not going to start a free the one t-shirt. I'm going to tell you no, that right now. No, probably don't need to do that. If we started a free the who t-shirt, would it be... I'll give you two choices. A... Brian Darby, because that 14-yard catch tonight was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Or Chandler Morris, because he had no shot of throwing the ball by the time he came into the game tonight. Uh, probably Chandler Morris, because I think we could benefit uh, from getting a little love from our friends down in Highland Park a little bit more than uh, <laughs> where Darby's from. Oh, my God. Okay. Shout out, HP. Shout we out, have uh, to make HP those Park. T-shirts really expensive, though. Yeah, like I mean, we'd have we'll to do like, like gold uh, LeMay or something. Like I don't even know what LeMay is. We'll throw them in the uh, what's that? What's that shopping center up in uh, Highland Park? I, I always forget the name of it. 
But uh, North Park Mall. It's Bur- North Park Mall. That's why it's so confusing. Maybe we could get a uh, maybe we get a Burger House sponsorship out of the deal. Make them like hype beast shirts. How do you make stuff hype beast? Let's do that. I don't know what that is. Wow, that's shocking. I guess hype that's beast? that's the frat in you. You know what hype beast is? Mm-mm. How am I older than you? I know. That's, All right, uh, that. <laughs> That'll do it for us. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to the Eskridge Lexus podcast. Uh, remember, the post-game podcast. Remember, go check out the guys at EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, that uh, 2021 NX uh, that Bob drove to the game, you guys can get a great lease deal on that. Just tell them Sooner Scoop sent you. Uh, or any Lexus that you might be interested in from the uh, LC. Ooh, man, that's a car. Uh, to the LS, to the uh, ES. Uh, which we've driven many times, uh, the RX, lots of great SUVs, or sedans, whatever. Uh, let them know uh, you're a Sooner Scoop pod listener, and they will get you a great deal on your next luxury vehicle. So thanks to Eddie Radosevich. I am Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you guys back here after Kansas. God, we probably will all get to go to that game, won't we? Nobody goes to Kansas games, right? They might be paying people to, to go to the Kansas game. Yeah, it's at home, so hopefully we'll all be able to go because no Kansas media will show up. And no Oklahoma media probably wants to cover that. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk to you guys again next week on the Eskridge Lexus Postgame Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.